Hello and welcome to episode number 271 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. It we is back. the spooky season. Yes, it is indeed. We're right. This is kind of like the one slow week in the midst of all the madness. Mm-hmm. Um, indeed. But- with all like this big cinema releases and obviously we've got a, a massive one next week which we'll preview at the end of the show um but yeah a quiet week so we thought we'd check out a film on netflix uh that did drop uh, in october um a couple of weeks ago in fact um so we'll be talking about that movie very shortly um but first there's a little bit of news this week not too much um but let's kick things off with a trailer like we like to do recently um yep. And this is one that, yeah, we talked about in the news. It's like, it's really late coming considering how like this movie is out in less than a month. Mm. Um, that seems to be the way they do it now, like longer the days, which is probably a good thing when it's like, here's this trailer. I mean, it still happens, obviously, for big films. Um, I saw they did like another trailer for the Batman, which I haven't watched yet. Of course. Um, but I'm like, man, that's that movie so far away. Um, but this one uh, is, of course, it's just called Black Friday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always forget because it's just such a simple title. Um, <laughs> I'm always yeah, expecting it to be more. Reading it as like Black Christmas whenever I see it. Yeah, especially because everything you see about it, it's talking about it being this like festive horror movie, and it's. Yeah. I get you know it is, but it's that is a weird one, I guess, because mm. it's like I wouldn't necessarily call Black Friday a festive holiday, but anyway, um, yeah, we've been looking forward to this one horror comedy, um, starring Bruce Campbell, which was all I needed to know about this movie anyway. Correct. Um, let alone the fact that it does actually have a really cool concept, and it's one of those things that like how how has there not been a comedy horror about black friday yet like it writes mm, itself definitely. um so yeah this uh, this first trailer dropped what did you make of it yeah well this was an interesting one where i think kind of um obviously pumped with what you've just said there kind of bruce campbell instantly kind of gets gets me excited but it was it's one of them where kind of like you need to see the trailer to get the tone because yes it's a comedy horror but like where are they going to go with it how mm. is how slapsticky is it going to be how's bruce campbell is he how how Bruce Campbell is it going to be? And like, you kind of, you know, you want to gauge all of that. And yeah, this trailer gave me what I needed. Like I, I pretty much know what this movie is going to be now. And it's, it's 100% for me. Um, I think kind of, uh, when it first started and Bruce was like talking on the little over the tannoy thing, I really mm. liked it, but I was like, Oh no, Bruce has rocked up for one day. He's only going to be <laughs> yeah. in that room. I thought the exact the whole same thing. Movie. And then, and then, yeah, when it opened up and he was in it the whole time, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> mm. so, so, yeah, like, I'm down. I think this, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, it looked fun. Like you say, there's there's not really too much to kind of take from the trailer. Like, I think it looks good. I think the horror looks good as well. It's mm-hmm. worth saying kind of like the way the creatures look, look very good. Because that's one of the things where you can really kind of show your budget. But the, it looks decent enough to me from what I've seen so far. Um, the comedy was good. It wasn't like massively no. landing. But again, it's, it's a trailer. But what I will say is it had one moment which like killed me and so i'm like well if there's one moment in the trailer which granted i'm a little bit disappointed it's in the trailer because i feel like in the movie it would have been so good um it was a bit with the old lady towards the end it was just such a good moment um but like yeah it was it was great so yeah i'm looking forward to it um this is coming out november 23rd on demand um apparently it's coming out to cinemas the week before but yeah i, I can't imagine that'll be happening in this country yeah, I'm sure we'll see that um, yeah so this is this is a nice one i mean that's isn't that i think that's the same week as resident evil um yeah but I think so. it doesn't matter we'll get to it the week after it's fine um so yeah it's always nice to have these little movies as we kind of because once we normally hit it's like end of october and then it's kind of like you know the last couple of months to kind of wrap it up but there is actually a couple of you know films we're looking forward to which is cool mm. yeah definitely. um so yeah that one's nice this next news article i I can't imagine we can have too much to say about this but it feels like it'd be weird for us to not talk about it um they announced that a a a video game is in development based upon a quiet place um so yeah this all we've got right now is is that it's currently in development they said it's due for next year um it's been so it says in the in the kind of news story um uh, so it says the first official video game set in the terrifying A Quiet Place universe will deliver an original story and gameplay that captures the compelling suspense, emotion and drama for which the series is famous. 
Um, so obviously most notable there is original story. Um, mm-hmm. So it's probably not, and it's just set in the universe. So it's probably not going to be about the family. Um, the game is in development by Illogica, um, a Montreal-based studio, um, and it's being published by Saber Interactive, who kind of published World War Z and also the upcoming Evil Dead game. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then all there is is basically just a logo on an official website right now. So I can't imagine we're going to have too much to say about this one. Does it, you know, do you have any thoughts on this right now? No, no. Like, all I would say is I'm not really excited. I don't need the crossover, um, mm. but once i see the game i can then judge it because obviously it's a world that i love it's two movies that i love but um you know i i you know i i can't really say it's something that i'm too buzzed about until yeah until we really got start to see things that look special it's what we spoke about before with this world quiet place like Mm. it's a cool world but it's the family that I'm tethered to at this point, and it's their story that I'm, you know, that I'm wanting to see. I don't necessarily need to see pl- quite play spin-offs left, right, and center, let alone video games. Yeah, um, I've this way more so than films. Uh, like, I need to just see a trailer for it, and I need to see gameplay before I can even mm. remotely have an opinion. Um, you know, when films get announced, I know what films look like, whereas video yeah. games are the most varied form of, of media possible. Um, yeah. And I, so that's one aside. Uh, yeah, I don't need a Quiet Place game, but if there was one that was released that was amazing, obviously I'd play it and hopefully enjoy it. I think in general... I just don't like many horror games. I'm like a bit of a snob, I think, when it comes to horror games in in general. Like, I don't play a Why vast majority that of many them. good ones. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if that's just me or you know, because no, I think a lot of people play a lot of different horror games and enjoy them. But like, if if it's not a Resident Evil game, chances are I'm probably not going to play it, and that is out of choice like i watch a lot of trailers i watch a lot of streamers i'm aware of a lot of horror games i just choose not to play them because they don't remotely interest me um and so i wonder if this will break that mold there have been some um that aren't resident evil games that i've enjoyed but i could almost count on one hand in the last decade horror games that i've enjoyed that don't have resident evil in the title um so yeah we, we shall see on that one um and then, yeah, last little bit of news. This is like a nice little random one, really, that I saw this week. Um, so Megan is Missing is a movie that we've talked about yeah. on the show before, um, you know, a very long time ago. Kind of this weird, small indie film released a decade ago now, 2011. That's um, wild. The, I don't even know how we became aware of this movie, but it was one that we would speak about lots before the podcast um is this weird little movie that was super cool and interesting and i don't know i think we might have covered it in the news last year um see if this jogs your memory of if you've heard of this or not but basically this movie went massively viral last year um on tiktok and it was basically like a bunch of teens passing it around and the footage was being shown and you know it had that whole mystery of like is it real what's going on and it was almost like challenging people to watch it and then people filming their reactions and obviously with like tiktok being this kind of like young teenage audience it just hit perfectly for that demographic and yeah like the the megan is missing kind of tag got like over 200 million views and you know the director came out and was speaking about it and it was really cool even as someone who has no interest in tiktok just to see this like weird resurgence for this movie Mm. um and it's basically off the back of that that we've now finally got a blu-ray release um of megan is missing which apparently is out today as of recording um the 26th of october um i'm assuming this is us only because i can't see it available in the uk um Mm. i think lionsgate are putting it out which is interesting yeah because we you know we do get a lot of lionsgate stuff we just a lot of the time don't get it at the same time Mm. um because it seems like lionsgate uk is very disconnected to lionsgate overall um so yeah this is awesome i think as well as the reason why i want to mention it not just because of it's on blu-ray but like there's a lot of special features um considering this isn't some crazy limited edition it's not some like you know premium release it's a bog standard looking blu-ray and i think the price reflects that reflects that um but it's got multiple commentaries it's got 
multiple new features the the coolest one which they did release a teaser for i just saw on youtube is the the lead actor actress who played megan kind of 10 years later looking back on the movie and the impact of it yeah which is like again it's just cool to see this movie that i thought died a death a long long time ago and and it did you know there was Mm. only us and a few other people that seemingly were aware of this movie but yeah there's a whole bunch of extras there's like barrel scene auditions and original audition tapes there's a there's a t- yeah i know dread, dread to think what that is um there's a tour of the locations for the movie so like there's a lot of cool new extras on this one um so it's definitely worth kind of putting the spotlight on like if you've never seen megan is missing like this is the perfect opportunity um yeah that's and- amazing i don't think we spoke about it going viral last year or if no. we did i may have blanked that but i don't think we did and like that that's so crazy like it's awesome that it's finally getting a release like um (laughs) you know uh, that and poughkeepsie tapes are the two movies Mm. that i always go back to where i'm like i don't know whether they are real movies that like are they you know are are they actual snuff movies have i like stumbled across some like you know dark web thing like i really like they they really did toe the line and like uh, you know especially when they then never got a release or anything and like mm. it's you know obviously i knew that that wasn't the case but it was like it was as close to that as i, I was willing to get like i feel like the filmmakers did such a great job on both of those um and yeah real real brutal film and and yeah i really i really hope that lionsgate give us that uk release because i will definitely pick this one up for sure that the one thing i will say about megan is missing is that it was ridiculously ahead of its time you're talking about a movie that was made in 2011 which is compromised of video chats web mm-hmm. webcam footage home videos news reports yeah. and obviously that is now what we call screen life movies but that subgenre didn't exist then you know yeah, i'm, I'm not saying it's the first like, to do that what, but it was one of the I first seen, yeah like what would i have seen before that i guess like paranormal activity yeah, there's different forms of mm. it, obviously, and it all yeah. comes back to found footage and all that stuff. But like yeah. when you think about what we see a lot now, which is that combination of webcam footage, video, you know, video chats is like a massive mm. thing in movies now. We've we've covered so many for the podcast, whereas like this was 2011, like that yeah. really, you know, like Zoom wasn't popular in 2011. And like, yeah, it's it's crazy how ahead of their time Zoom they were. wasn't even founded. <laughs> no um and it's so effective it really is and like it, this is a movie that has a message as well it's just it's really everything about this movie is fantastic um and it's yeah. it was criminal that it kind of got overlooked for so long and it's it's a weird turn of fortune which i'm just really grateful for for these people because they deserve it they made a great film that people need to check out mm. um so it yeah amazing that's... that you know kind of like a decade on mm. this movie can finally get legs and finally get you know i mean I don't. I'm assuming that Lionsgate have just picked it up now. Yeah, and, and I think so. Like, like the fact that they've just, you know, they're picking up this 10 year old movie to put a Blu-ray release on is awesome. And then actually, you know, the fact that they're given it that level of care, you know, that that feature sounds amazing. Mm. Um, you know, and so yeah, I'm just hoping and praying that we can get it. Yeah, this is one of the few examples of like a good use of a of a social media platform. So mm. it's it's nice to see. Um, but yeah, that was the news. Uh, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about there's someone inside your house. See, I guess there's not really too much to say about this one going in. Um, obviously, all, all we really kind of knew was we covered the trailer a few weeks back, um, yeah. which was a good trailer, very good trailer, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we were already interested in it. And then I guess the other thing worth noting is the director, because we have covered uh, his previous films, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, Creep and Creep 2 Creep he's directed? Creep yeah, so I guess Creep would have been before the podcast? Yes, yeah, and then and then we covered Creep Two for the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, Patrick Bryce, um, and and yeah, kind of his his next uh, Netflix. I, I I wonder if he has got some sort of next Netflix deal as well because like they do we, yeah, they yeah, make, him and they, him and obviously the the lead actor from Creep. They make a yeah. lot of non horror as well, like a lot of dramas yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, this um, 
yeah, this kind of movie is basically centered around uh, the high school kids who are basically being targeted by mask by a masked assailant. Uh, stop me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> um, but the the interesting thing about this one is the killer is wearing a mask of the person that they are stalking and going to kill. Um, they've done some sort of crazy 3D printing <laughs> and kind of, uh, um, yeah, are wearing the face of their victim before they kill them, um, which is a really cool concept. It visually mm. looks great in the trailer. It looks great in the movie. Um, and kind of the, the killer is also kind of intent on exposing the secrets of the victim as well. Like um, not only are they content with killing the victim, they also want to expose their secrets to the world. Um, mm. and, and yeah, kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the trailer does a good job, I think of selling it and, and showing you exactly what this movie is all about. Um, but, but that is pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I was going to say before I go into your thoughts on it, I, I really enjoyed the, the opening scene and the use of the title card because yeah, the, is that the when they show the mask? Yeah. They, they have the mask and then they kind of, and then they kind of flash up. There's someone inside your house and I'm just like. That's a great way to, uh, you know, we know that there's someone inside this person's house and uh, the fact that they're standing outside and then they're about to step inside and then the, the title card comes up. It was mm. just kind of like, it was quite, you know, it was quite clever and I just quite enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, it was almost worth the, the rubbish movie title just for that. Yeah, it's the only time really that the title is relevant. So you kind of got to use it when you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I respected the game. I yeah. respected the hustle there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really short synopsis because this is just a pretty kind of by the numbers slasher movie with mm. the cool concept of the mask. The mask is the, the gimmick in this one. Yeah. And the mask kind of ties into, I guess, the motivations of the killer from what we saw in the trailer, where it was like the killer is intent on revealing these secrets of these victims. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's kind Which, of all, all we already knew from the trailer. I think again, focusing on the trailer, you, you, you saw scenes where it was kind of like there were multiple people, but the killer is clearly wearing someone's face. Mm. And so it was always kind of like throughout this movie, if there are multiple characters around, which doesn't happen as much as I would have liked. Yeah. Um, it was fun waiting to see the killer and kind of getting that reveal of the killer's face and being like, Oh, they're not after this one. Like mm. they're after this person. And, and, um, yeah, I kind of wish they, they, they played on it in the trailer and they played on it very little in the actual movie, um, yeah. which, which would have been good. But yeah, mm. I mean, do you want to, do you want to go into some thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's a weird one to talk about, really, because um, there really isn't too much going on in this film. Um, and that's not a massive negative in, the, in in every sense of the word, because I do think that I sat down, I watched it, it, it flew past completely and didn't drag. I, I paused it once and I was like, oh, there's like 20 minutes left. Like, it really mm -hmm. did fly past. And I was having a good time. and was entertained with the movie. Um, and definitely there was a few eye-rolling moments throughout. And then definitely kind of the final act was where a lot of it just fell apart for me. Um, and then by the end of it, I was like, that was fine. That was totally okay. But I wasn't ever filled with... Um, any strong emotions about anything that was really going on and i think now you know three or four days removed from it it's it's all of the negative aspects that really kind of ring home of how very the, the whole story is just so poorly portrayed and i think that was the you know the main reason watching the trailer and hearing that this is based upon a book is like wow you really don't see that too often for slashers so i'm like man even though this is a slasher it's gonna have a better story than most slashers because it's gonna have a reason of you know great motivations why is he exposing these people and their secrets and when once you get to the real motivation of, of the killer it's so unbearably bad like it's one of the worst killer reveals i've ever seen in a slasher <laughs> it's utter utter garbage it's laughably bad and i'm like man was that the intention was it it was just like so so shit but what we can get to that potentially but yeah like it was it was just a weird film and so like coming out of it i was like yeah that was fine i wasn't angry um and, and i did have a good time for the most part but like now, you know, having to sit down and look at it real critically, I'm like, the story fell apart. Most of the characters are completely intolerable in this film. Um, 
which again in certain slashers that can work um because you like oh man i cannot wait for these kids to all get wrecked and then when you really think about it not many kids get wrecked in this film um it's a very it's very lenient on the horror i'd say especially because this is a rated 18 as well Mm. um which i saw on netflix and i and i kind of rubbed my hands a bit thinking oh yeah we're yeah. gonna get you know another violent slasher this year like we've had quite a few that have all been pretty good especially on netflix and this was pretty tame it's like the o- i mean the opening of the movie is the best part by far mm-hmm. um which is kind of what you see a lot of in the trailer and why the trailer was so good um because i think it's the best stalking it's the best kill um it's the best motivations for why they killed them the second one's pretty good as well in the church but then mm-hmm. once you get after the initial Very two kills quick. yeah it, it yeah it is quick um it really falls off a cliff and like the motivations for why they're killing people get weaker and weaker to the point where they almost just even throw away that as a, as a plot line, which, which was the main thing I was looking forward to was the whole use of masks and why they're targeting these people. Um, and yeah, the, the, what I said mentioning about the characters, like they are all le- different levels of insufferable. Um, because we, you know, we talked about fair street part one and how like those characters, we like immediately liked them and were attached to them. And I think it can make such a big difference. And Ooh. it's ultimately why I really, really liked that movie because it's not massively different to this movie in terms of like a lot of other elements, but ultimately I loved or really, you know, really cared for at least four or five characters in that movie. Whereas I wanted everyone to die in this film. Like everyone sucked <laughs> in different, you know, varying degrees, even our lead characters, which is so boring and like our, our proper lead, I guess is McCartney. And throughout the entire movie, they're like, Oh, she's got this big secret. And obviously <laughs> that's supposed to tie into the whole killer is exposing people's secrets. And it's just, it takes so long to get there again for a short movie, which I didn't have a problem with in terms of its pacing. That was the one thing that I was like, just get to this reveal and getting to that reveal and it being super unsatisfying and also having almost zero bearing on the overarching story. I was like, man, that was like such a big miss for me um so yeah it was a it was a weird one like i didn't hate it i thought it was perfectly fine and it was worth my time but outside of that i mean it it, is that's the thing it's one of those movies where you could do a hell of a lot worse in this movie but my god you could do a hell of a lot better as well um that's kind of how i feel about it really yeah i think it's you know i'm i'm such a huge slasher fan is it's you know is the you know a home invasion slasher movie is like one of the things i'm always going to be a sucker for but like the last couple of years that i just i feel like there's been a lot of ones out there that just are so formulaic and don't really um capture what i want and and you know this this movie did that as well like it had a really cool gimmick and like you say the opening scene was really good where it's kind of like the, the quintessential what I want from this, where this this the the victim has done something quite bad, and they're being exposed of it. It's really good stalking. It's a really good kill. And I thought to myself, okay, this this is going to be a fun ride. And then after that, the you know the killer's motivation gets more and more, like you say, diluted and just doesn't make sense. And ultimately, by the end, when we got the reveal, it really made no sense. Mm. Like no sense whatsoever. And that was kind of the point but I just didn't like that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, then we get into the characters and they are, they're, they're almost to me just non-existent because I, I really just didn't have an opinion on them. I didn't dislike them enough to root for them to die. And I didn't like them enough to want them to live. Mm. Um, so they were just there like being dull. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the biggest crime that you can have. Like, mm you know, either make me want them to die or, or make me root for them like Fair Street did. Um, so it's a yeah. good point because we watched movies, something like Willy's Wonderland earlier this yeah. year, that like the teens were so annoying oh, that it was like, oh, I cannot yeah. wait to see them get killed. Whereas, yeah, I agree with you. These are just boring, man. And and I found myself kind of questioning after the two weeks we've just had, like, what do I feel about slasher movies like these mm. days? And I, and I do just think like you can't give there are so many bad slasher movies and you, you can't give a pass just because a movie has good kills. 
and and be like oh yeah well it's okay to have bad dialogue and okay to have kind of uh you know the these insufferable scenes of just these characters talking and um you know that then we get another kill you know this movie doesn't have a lot of kills the kills are good like like you say the first two were very good and i and i think you know throughout when they happen they're they're, they're pretty good but um but yeah ultimately when we get a rubbish killer reveal and a bunch of sucky characters i you know there's no rewatchability to this yeah dur- during you know I sound pretty down on it, but I was the same as you. Like it, it did go past me pretty quick the first mm. viewing, but when we actually sit here and look at it, and I just think like you, you have to look at it with the slasher movies, and, and I don't think it's fair to just give them a pass because they tick the kill box. Um, because these days, you know, back back kind of, you know, you know when Scream and the, and the ton of spinoffs of Scream came out. You, you you know to get to get kind of like those high quality kind of kills and stuff on screen was difficult these days they're in everything you know I, you know the, the the level of kills are so high the the quality that you can get on screen now is so high so that there there really is a barrier to entry there you can't just do that you've got to have a cool concept and i look at like willie's wonderland and even stuff like the stylist and that sort of thing that mm. we've done where it was just like that they were very gory and and had you know good kills but they just delivered on the story and and that side of it as well and i just think you have to do that now with with a with a with a kind of um uh you know slasher movie you can't just do it and i think it was it was quite fun watching this one after halloween like i don't want to kind of keep harping back onto it but i do think like it's you know i was wondering like oh okay am i going to just really dig this and then i will look at halloween and think hmm do I need to kind of just look at it for its slasher and killer side, you know, kill side? But but I don't think so. Like I say, I think watching this again with competent kills, it's just the other stuff lets the movie down. Um, I think looking at slashers in in this this current era that we're in right now mm. is like really fascinating because regardless of what people think in different eras and what is your favorite i think it's undeniable that this era of horror we're in is an all-time high for writing directing yeah just overall film craft direct uh, acting and it's like those types of things don't massively translate to slashers because you know like you say there isn't really a amazingly written slashes outside of like the screen movies um and you know so i think that when you see what is being crafted and that's why we talk time and time again about these auteurs that we're lucky to have right now is that you know the ariasters and the robert eggers they could be making anything like they could just be making the best dramas and winning oscars but mm. instead they're just choosing to make horror movies and yeah. i think that that's why we're in such a weird place with slashers in particular because a lot like you say a lot of the time they are just built around dumb teens has a bit of sex has a bit of violence the audience goes home happy and i just wonder what that serves today's horror audience as much compared to any other era of horror i mean Um, you look at that though i mean what would you class malignant as for like mm. most of that movie you know, it was being described as, <laughs> you know, but it, it was being described as a slasher mm. and it's got a lot of the slasher elements and it just shows that like, yeah, it got so clever and so crazy that, that it, 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 you know, kind of got out of that sub subsection, but it, at its core, it's, you know, it, it, it ticks a lot of those boxes. And I think, you know, when you look at the, the movies that do it clever, um there is a section for it but you are right i think the in the world of horror and at the high level filmmaking we've currently got in horror i do feel like the slasher is the the subsection where it's kind of like the the b kind of tier is where Mm. it can kind of get bled into a lot easier it's still it's i think that's what i was saying earlier that i think it's so easy to do good kills now and i i Mm. don't mean that um being disrespectful because it, oh, I completely they, agree. they really look incredible mm. but it's just like that is not the the thing that's going to sell me now like we get we get crazy shit in movies all the time and so you can't just do that that that's kind of like a a given and then you've got to have something else as well now and mm. i think that's where the slasher genre kind of needs that something else and you kind of you know you look back at kind of recent ones we've had let's like, say discussed a couple from this year but even when you know we had we had hush 
you know and it's like we've we've got these kind of home invasion movies that, that kind of have these cool twists and you know i know it's not a slasher but you know when you're looking at that or or don't breathe even you know they're they're kind of they're evolving on it and they're not just doing the conventional things and and i think this movie with the mask concept and the fact that like you know uh, there could be a group of three or four of them and we don't know what mask the killer has on you know he the, and and we could have had fun stuff with that and i really just don't think they explored that or, you know nearly enough or, or pra- practically non-existent really i think it was only once mm. wasn't it it was pretty much just at the party scene yeah there's um, i think there's a real lack of just overall stalking and killing in this movie mm. like i say outside of the first couple of kills i mean we have a core group of friends here there's yeah, they don't really four... none of them get none of them even get stalked do they yeah like to the point where there's there's at least three characters that have like a lot of dialogue in this movie that never have a single interaction yeah, with the killer right. and you're and i'm like i don't think i've ever seen that in a slasher movie no. where i'm like was this just cut to shit because they almost do disappear from the movie at certain times mm. a couple of characters do literally disappear from the movie there's like a cop character who just completely disappears <laughs> and is never seen again and i'm like did he get killed off screen and we just never saw that like it's it is it's a weird one this one Mm. um but it's interesting you know talking about slashes now because we've seen a lot this year we've joked about it being kind of the resurgence of the slasher and obviously imminent yeah is, is just around the corner and like like you say i do think that the best examples we've seen which you can even consider even remotely slashes are ones that have took that concept and just really changed it and, and aren't a traditional slasher. Whereas, you know, a movie like this, for example, is way more of a traditional slasher. And obviously Scream is probably going to be a traditional slasher. And so I wonder, like, you know, do you think they're going to be able to have those tricks? I mean, especially because it's a franchise that is very much always relied upon, right? What is happening in horror right now? And how do we take that and kind of make a social commentary on it? I mean, you look at the last movie, for example, and it was like remakes were rife everywhere at that time. Mm. And that was what was so genius where they were like, well, we'll okay, we'll kind of like quasi remake the first Scream, but as a sequel, which was just genius. The, the, the problem with Scream is, yeah, I know we're going into one here, but it's fun conversation i think mm. is that scream has done such a crazy job of over analyzing the, the horror genre and being super clever on it you know the original movie was was almost a parody and then we got the parody but mm. you know you think then when stab got introduced into the franchise <laughs> yeah. like fucking genius like obviously then we got the actual uh you know scream three with with stab three was was great and just having this <laughs> m- multiple gales and multiple deweys was really fun you know then suddenly scream four we're much removed from it we've got these new class that are very referential of remakes and you know kind of you know that side of it and like you say it quasi remakes itself and yeah you look at the new movie and you're like what is it gonna do like mm. what can it do it can't just be oh there's a killer he's wearing ghost face mask and there's new kids now and, and Sydney's got involved because of maybe, maybe Dewey gets killed or maybe just like, you know, she feels an emotional connection, but it doesn't, you know, we don't know what sucks Sydney into this world yet or what sucks all of the characters back in because yeah, I'm, I'm not watching this movie scream for, for kills. You know, I'm hoping there'll be some and I'm hoping they'll be good, but I almost feel like that is just something that, that should be there. I'm looking at to think, what is the story? What's why are why are these three characters that we've spent four movies with gonna be back into it? Are we gonna be talking about um what happened in the screen four, you know, and, and that side of it and, and you know, how Sydney kind of recovers from that and, and all of those different things. And, and I mm. think that's where the movie is gonna find its legs and make or break itself. And it's not gonna be, you know, I want it to be a traditional slasher and it should be, but it's those areas that are gonna make or break the movie, not the slasher. The slasher is just gonna be there. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting because like you say, they can't it, the 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 gimmick can't just be like Scream twenty five, you know, it's like, oh, mm. isn't it fun that these characters are back after twenty five yeah. years? Isn't it you know? fun that Courtney Cox is still doing this? It's like mm, Yeah. You know? 
it's going to be interesting for sure. But yeah, I think I don't have anything else to say about this movie, to be honest. Like I say, it was already a struggle. Um, um. <laughs> you know, for a movie that I, I didn't hate, I've, I've seen far worse than this, this year, quite, quite, quite a few times, unfortunately, mm. but this is your bog standard, like forgettable slasher. It's fine. I think for me as a recommendation, like I wouldn't recommend it because I've, we've seen, you know, fair street part one is way better than this for me. Um, but also, there is a lot worse and so i think if you're like desperate to watch something new this halloween it's it's decent but i'd also say like yeah if you do some research and you you have netflix you have shudder you can find like a hell of a lot more in the last five years that is better than this i think yeah i i agree with that i think the only point i would add to it is i think this is a fun watch if you've got people around and you're having a Hmm. party and you've got a movie on in the background because you can look up and you can see a killer wearing a cool mask and you can see the odd cool kill and then, like, you'll, the movie will end and you'll have got distracted and you'll be like, oh, what, who was the killer? Oh, never mind. And that's how you should feel about this movie. Whereas if you are actually in, trying to get invested in the story, that's where it's going to lose you. So, yeah. you know, I do think it has a place for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, likewise, why not put on a fully competent movie? And, and if you don't get those parts of it, fine. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, it will tick the, the horror side. For You know, it will tick the, the, the kill side. You know what was a really cool slasher? What was that? Haunt. Haunt, Haunt was Haunt, a really cool Haunt slasher. Haunt was a great movie. I was just thinking about it then when you said about like killers with cool masks. I was like, man, that yeah. is... I feel like that doesn't get enough credit in terms of like recent no, slashers. That, that, that was massively awesome. under the radar because yeah. it was one of the best traditional slashers we've had. Um, and, and especially when it was from two horror guys that were basically saying, yeah, we, we just want to make a really cool mm. slasher movie. And it's like... I like yeah, they that. Sh- they, should, they should have been given Scream. <laughs> oh man, they should have been given Scream. Um, because yeah, you look at you look at that, and um, you know uh, the, the fact that people who are got options within the genre choose chose to make a slasher movie and and kind of just get one out there. And I think like yeah, it came out and no one spoke about it, and and yeah, it really was great yeah it was great go watch horn um but yeah that was our discussion on there's someone inside your house um we will take a short break and we'll be right back So yeah, just to sort of finish us off this week, um, there was quite a few bits of feedback that I wanted to go over, um, but it is a little bit spoilery, so I'll save it till the very end. Do we do we have any sort of horror or TV to discuss first? Um, I guess it's, uh, there's the next episode of Chucky. Yeah, we we obviously don't have to touch upon it every week, but um, you know you can do because yeah, we've seen the second episode. Um, which I thought was decent. It, it, you know, it wasn't as good as the first one, I don't think. It was a lot Ooh. slower, and it's definitely setting up a lot of stuff for the future. But there was still plenty to enjoy in there, and I do think that they are nailing Chucky, which is like mm. really important mm. for the show, obviously, um, because you just, it's just great to have all of these kind of interactions with Chucky with different characters. Brad is just killing it, obviously, yeah. as the voice. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. I think, yeah, I, I think as well, like we're getting some really great, chucky moments Mm. where like if you're actually going to put together like a montage video video of chucky there's already moments in this tv show that you'd put in there you know we we spoke about the ventriloquism in episode one um but then we got the trick-or-treat sequence in in episode two which is just genius and like i'm kind of devastated that there isn't like three episodes that are going to be over halloween Mm. because i kind of just want chucky running around um uh you know in a halloween costume because that was great I yeah. was like, when he when he handed that woman the apple, I was like, oh, great. I'm like, here we go. Like, it's brilliant. And yeah, so that apple seems that. awesome. Yeah, and especially because, like, I enjoyed the, the fact that they clearly had a child actor running around and it just, looked, yeah. you know, looked great. Like, it, but but great in a in a throwback crap way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was I awesome. great, I mean, it didn't look great. I mean, I had a great time looking at it. <laughs> yeah, they, they were aware of how that looked and it was great. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um so yeah kind of um 
yeah, we'll talk about more TV next week, obviously. But yeah, there's a couple of things to do with some feedback that I want to go over. So the first one, there isn't any spoilers, um, which is from Amy, um, who says, uh, Hi, Super Horror Bros. Uh, US listener Amy here. Uh, doing the latest episode on Halloween Kills, you had mentioned David Gordon Green's upcoming Exorcist project. I'm sad to inform you that he is expected to, to direct episodes uh, in the new Hellraiser TV show. Um, and then she does say another point. But yeah, I, I remembered after the show where I was like, oh, yeah, I knew that. And we had um, even discussed it in the news uh, yeah. earlier this year. Um, but obviously, f- with kind of all the recent news about the Hellraiser, Hellraiser movie, which I'm very excited for, I'd completely forgotten about this TV show, mm. um, obviously on HBO. And yeah, he's involved in producing it and he's supposedly attached to direct the uh, pilot. The pilot, um, yeah. But this is so far away from being made, I, I truly believe, because the Hellraiser film project is getting a lot of steam now. You know, mm. it's in production with Clive Barker and all of that stuff. And so I really think that the TV show, especially with HBO, they really take their time. So I feel like this is going to be years away. Um, so there's plenty of time for him to drop out and hopefully a more talented director to, to direct the pilot. <laughs> um, that's all I have to say on that one. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, but I appreciate the feedback because, um, yeah, we, we had... We had forgot about it when doing the podcast yes um and then she also says uh, on a completely different and more positive note thanks for your review on vhs 94 uh, i started watching the first few minutes before falling asleep but your film uh, your episode encouraged me to finish watching it and i'm glad i did really enjoyed the second and third segments uh, keep up all the awesome horror reviews uh, thank you very much for that one amy and yeah i'm really glad you guys like we've got quite a lot of feedback actually regarding vhs mm. and a lot of people saying like yeah, yeah, yeah really drive with me before but i really liked this one um so i'm super glad people are checking it out obviously we talked about in the news last week that it's been ridiculously popular mm-hmm. for shutter i think it's only a matter of time i think they'd be crazy to not continue it in some capacity yeah, sure. um that's great news all around um and then yeah the next one kind of so this is spoilery um so yeah this is full spoilers i guess for halloween kills um i know last week i was like which movie are we going to be talking here (laughs) yeah i I know last week i was like i want to move on from halloween kills but obviously it is a big movie and and this piece of feedback from cody i really wanted to touch upon um because i remember you know in 2018 um when we did our review and we, we you know clearly weren't as negative as we were this time round, but we were kind of one of the few people that were had criticisms about the movie and i remember at the time cody wrote his review for us about the movie which he loved and he kind of gave a really decent in-depth review on why he can totally he saw the shortcomings of the movie but it also wasn't enough to stop him from enjoying mm-hmm. it um, which i really appreciate and obviously i know he's a massive halloween fan as well bigger than we are and so i always i wanted to hear cody's take on this new movie like very much so and here it is um so he says and again full spoiler alert for halloween kills um he says uh, dear super horror brothers i hope you're faring well with the pandemic and life itself this movie halloween kills it's like when you order fish and chips but they give you spaghetti with meatballs instead uh, you clearly ordered fish and chips but your server brought you spaghetti with meatballs and told you it was fish and chips uh, you sit there frustrated for one hour and 45 minutes pissed off while you eat what you were served yikes this was not a halloween movie this was a hot mess of too many ideas with little to no cohesion uh, they did legacy characters a disservice with lazy kills and poor writing i'm looking at you tommy um while on the subject of Tommy, his acting was rough, very rough. Uh, reminds me of C-movie acting. Also, Karen's death was very random and out there. It felt very rushed. Uh, Michael would have had to have killed many people to reach where she was in the house since there were survivors outside in the front and back of the house. Um, Wait, I think I gave a number on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was probably some of those 50 added kills. Um yeah. Now, the script, it was bad. Uh, Some of those lines felt very out of place. Almost all of the bar dialogue. Evil dies tonight, of course. Um, Laurie's lines were almost always out of place as well. I'm shocked how even any of these lines made it into the movie. Uh, This felt more like fan service and an internet-born fanfic based upon Halloween. Um, It just felt very organic. Um, Even the nurse who said she could use a gun and missed every shot was also a little off. In short, there was a lot to forget about this movie. Um, However, the kills were, for the most part, good. Uh, The multiple knives in the body did feel a bit out of character as a kill, though. Um, I love the redemption of Cameron as a character. I felt like it was one of the rare instances of character development between the two films. I I do completely agree with that. Um, 
He also says the Johns were also very great. Uh, Michael McDonald of Mad TV fame was great in this movie. Uh, James Jude Courtney killed it as Michael. He had everything about the role down. Um, and then he ends by saying Halloween kills my vibes and hope for Halloween ends. Uh, I hope it either gets cancelled or a new better team gets to handle it. All the best, Cody. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I didn't want to just feature this just to kind of, you know, beat the dead horse as it were um because i'm sure we did that last week mm. but like this is a different voice who is a big fan of halloween and was a big fan of the last movie and i i because like this is a very mixed movie online mm. um because i've seen a lot of people that really liked it and i thought cody would be again saying like yeah i can see the bad in it but there was still enough for me to enjoy but clearly the bad outweighed the good this time. Um, well, I think I think his point on the legacy characters, because as as someone who's a you know pretty big Halloween fan, especially kind of um, you know the movies that now don't exist, um, <laughs> kind of you know having um, people like Tommy come back and just kind of thrown in, and like like I said, the fact I, I literally the first thing I did after I calmed down after that movie was IMDb'd him to be like. Well, he's clearly the kid actor that's come back and like, okay, at least that's cool, but he can't act. And it's like, nope, no, they just got a C-tier actor. And it's like, yeah, it's it's those decisions that do the franchise a disservice, I think, and and that that will put off people like Cody, who, who saw the first movie, liked it. I can see why they liked it, because it is a pretty good movie. You know, we, we, um... You know, you said it yourself. You rewatched it, and it's 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 pretty competent. It's pretty decent. Mm. Like it's it's not bad. And no, then, it's definitely you know, not bad. When when you can see how bad can be, you know, and kind of you know, it is when they start messing around with these characters. The fact that Laurie was non-existent, um, the fact that the Strodes are being you know written off as a <laughs> as a thing that's important to the Halloween franchise. You yeah. know, it, it feels like a um, didn't we have this? recently where it felt like the the makers were doing an fu to the entire franchise what were we talking about now and it was almost like they hate mm. i can't what it was was it a video game or was it a movie i, I, that... I know what you're saying because i have felt that multiple times unfortunately yeah, recently recent years with with different projects with films mm. with where it is kind of like you really get that sense yeah. of anger towards certain aspects of the franchise that they supposedly love yeah and you're kind of yeah. like, why? It's weird. And it's not even it's not even like passive aggressive. It's straight no. on aggressive towards it, mm. where it just feels like the people that made this movie don't like the Halloween movies. Yeah, and they feel Except like they the original. Do, they they just love better. that. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, but yeah, and it is frustrating, and it's a shame. I really hope Cody would like it because yeah, same as as you know as down as we are on it, like it's one of the biggest releases of the year. Mm. and um i really wanted to enjoy it you know in the build-up to it i was positive and hopeful and looking forward to it and and you know i didn't want to have the opinion i had and and yeah i would much prefer it if we're the outliers but um you know like i say it does seem like it's mixed it's you know it is swinging both ways yeah it is mixed like we got a message from sean saying he very much enjoyed it um and so i know people are out there who did enjoy it and i'm really happy for that um mm. But yeah, it's obviously just not for us. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that one, Cody. And then, yeah, just the last thing, speaking of Sean, we did have a message for him talking about whether or not we had seen a couple of non-horror films, um, which we have done. Mm. Um, and again, no spoilers whatsoever for these two films, um, but we can just give our very brief thoughts on them because we have been to the cinema to see them both. Um, first of all was No Time to Die, obviously the last Bond film, and... I thought it was okay. Like, that's all I really feel about it. I thought the intro was really strong. Um, we don't like movies and, anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough one. Um, but yeah, it, it starts off super strong and then it just goes, the middle of the movie is insanely long. I mean, I know we talk about runtimes a lot, but like, this is one of the most egregious things I've ever seen. How long this goddamn Bond movie is with like almost nothing happening for a good 80 minutes in the middle. Um, and then, yeah, the ending is decent. I enjoyed the ending. I'm glad I saw it. And I think it's a nice send off to this kind of five film era of Daniel Craig, who has been a brilliant James Bond. Um, sure. but I think it's, it's nowhere near the levels of Casino Royale or Skyfall for me. Um, but it was fine. What, what did no, you make of it? They are the best movies of this you know of the daniel craig franchise mm. um and i think kind of yeah i'm pretty much the same i really loved the beginning i thought it was great i, I thought like the 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 opening uh, uh with with the little girl was really good and then kind of our first introduction was with a bond was great as well 
Um, and then kind of beyond that, I think, yeah, it, it, it's super long. It's, it's really trying to get you involved in this journey. But the problem is, is that they then, in the final third for me, don't explain a lot of it. I really didn't get Rami Malek's character at all in this movie. And kind of like, especially when we've had kind of, um, uh, Christoph Waltz playing, uh, was it? Blofeld. Uh, Blofeld. Like, and he's fantastic. He's in this movie and like, is a really great villain for, for Bond. And then kind of, you know, we're introduced to kind of uh, Rami's character and we're kind of like, you know, he's now going to be the guy. He's going to be the one in this final movie. I'm like, okay, cool. He looks the part. He looks good. But then I just didn't understand his motivation and what he was doing. And especially in those final scenes, like I enjoyed it and I thought it was unexpected, you know, kind of how how good it was and how they went there. But I just think, you know... it, it it was just very convenient where the dominoes fell. I felt in the end, and it didn't really make sense why our villain was doing what he was doing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was still good. Like um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see where Bond goes from here as well. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I have enjoyed the Bond movies over the years. I've enjoyed most of the Bonds we've had. You know, we grew up in the Piers Brosnan era, and I think like we we had a pretty great time with those movies. And and obviously Wait, now GoldenEye still holds like, up as one of the best Bond films. GoldenEye is incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. I I like a lot of his movies. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like most most of his, like I I I always go back and watch them. Like uh, yeah, was it The World Is Not Enough with Denise Richards? Is that the one? Yeah, and then the Dine of a Day, which is like yeah. universally everyone's least favorite Bond movie, and I have so much about that movie that I like. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know it's a me terrible too. film, but like I saw it in the, the cinema one with as a all kid. The diamonds in his face. Yeah, the diamonds in the face. Oh, the, yeah. the I love that car, goddamn movie. <laughs> the, the the goddamn terrible Madonna song. Like oh. I really like that film, yeah. <laughs> even though it's terrible. <laughs> well, I, I think that's where Bond was at its best, where it was like because because <laughs> the the Piers Brosnan is like the height of cheese. Yeah, like these movies, these Daniel Craig movies are far superior in terms of filmmaking. Mm. But the the level of cheese in those other ones, and and I just think Bond is all about the cheese. It's not about the the filmmaking. You it's know, like you say and, this now going into a new era. It's like, what on earth is the new direction of Bond going to be whenever it comes out? Because there's, you could go even more serious and even more dark. You could go goofy. You know, there's there's so many different ways to go with it, and I do think that it's. This this era of Daniel Craig is only going to look better, I think, because of what precedes it is going to be my kind of prediction. Because I think when Casino Royale came out, people forget that that was really hit or miss for the franchise at that time. Whereas, like, if this movie doesn't land as, like, a gritty reboot of Bond, Bond is fucking dead at that point. Or, yeah. or is at least dead for at least, you know, a lot of years. And it really was awesome, Casino Royale. I remember how, like, people were conflicted with... with- uh, Daniel Craig being Bond mm. for that movie as well and how much criticism he got and like yeah I, I think he's been great in these movies and yeah like I say Casino Royale and Skyfall are, are fantastic Bond movies yeah but the yeah. five movies are you know they vary a lot in quality but he's mm. the one consistent yeah. thing which is great about all the films yeah. um so yeah, he can hold great. his head up high you know more than anyone um yeah. but yeah and then the other movie that we watched over the past weekend um was a little bit of Dune um Jesus. which is a mental film um that i still haven't fully processed i i want to start with a weird point um and then i'll get to the movie because it's just it's, it, it has... is it's quite apt for dune to start yeah, with a weird for sure point. i mean this has irked me and it probably won't irk a lot of people but i just <laughs> i find it a little bit frustrating as a consumer when i feel a little bit lied to so when they first announced this movie oh, a while God. ago okay yeah. um it was it was just hey it's dune it's a new version of dune there was a movie you know in the 80s it's a book yada 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 and then it was kind of like okay here's the cast and all that great sounds awesome great director you see the first trailer brilliant looks Mm -hmm. fantastic um gets a shit ton of delays okay and then about a month ago um when we got the early reviews coming out i think at festivals i started to see these talks of Yes, cool. But, uh, you know, it's not the whole story, not by any means. And I was like, okay, like as someone who doesn't know the Dune story, 
<laughs> yeah, as as like as someone who doesn't you know know anything yeah. about the story, I'm like, okay, that can mean many different things. You know, as as we've mentioned in previous weeks, I'm sure some people are like, well, Hellraiser isn't the true Hellbound Heart story. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's one thing. And then getting closer to the release date, I got more and more nervous about what this movie actually was. And then getting to the movie, the movie starting and saying Dune Part One on the screen. Yeah whereas that's not the name of the movie the movie's called dune and then kind of i mean it's it's obvious now because the, the movie's come out and it's clearly a two-part story they have it was never their intention in terms of it was always going to be the case however they have now as of today officially greenlit a sequel because of the performance of the movie over the weekend it's been doing phenomenally well and i think that's great no it hadn't hadn't been greenlit and so it's a case of this this could have just been it um and especially with obviously the 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 decision to put this on hbo max when warner made their crazy deal at the start of the year obviously this is legendary pictures and they they were one of the most outspoken because it was godzilla versus kong and this where they were like no these are cinema movies we absolutely do not want them on hbo max but they were just tied to the deal with warner bros and they got sued and i think they got some compensation and all this stuff and um so yeah, it was always a case of man, if you you could have just shut this out on a digital service and then, you know, never got a sequel. So so in that sense I am thankful, but I am pissed off because i do think they lied to us straight up mm-hmm. for a while i think now it's gonna be, you know time will be kind to it because everyone will fully understand that this is a two part of a story but like this is this is not what they were saying last year and again i'm sure people can look up and they'll find it in tiny little articles or whatever and i know the director has always said that he was like no i could never fit the whole book in in one movie but that's not the name of the movie like no, i think that's the thing like i um the sort of person that that doesn't look a lot of, look at a lot of things. If I'm in mm. for a movie, I'm in for it. I saw the trailer. I liked it. The trailer should tell me, like, especially yeah. when it's called Part One, like when the when the movie opened. You know, yeah. I, you know, we were dumb kids when, uh, and I think we told the story on the podcast before. <laughs> but really not. Like, we were dumb kids when we went to see Lord of the Rings, mm. and we we genuinely believed as dumb kids that the Fellowship was a complete story. And we we came out feeling a bit shortchanged. That was like, mm. hang on, why did he not chuck the ring in the volcano? But like <laughs> we were we were dumb kids. I don't feel like I was dumb going into Dune. And when that when the opening title flashed up and it said Part One, I was like, you cheeky bastards. Yeah, I was like that. That's naughty. I'm like, you know, a lot of these things. Like when we got it, and you know, you think like when Peter Jackson even did The Hobbit. Like they were very transparent on it. And like I said, you know, maybe I've just been dumb and kept my head under a rock, but I, you know, didn't, didn't see anything that was other than, like you say, if you're delving into articles and delving into reviews and that sort of thing. But like, if I've seen a trailer and I like the movie, I shouldn't be having to rely on a review to tell me if it's part one of something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was, I was pretty hacked off by that, but, but, you know, I, I, I kind of just smirked because I'm like, okay, fine. Like I'll go see part two if it's good. Like yeah, I'm not, it's just... it, it didn't, it didn't upset me to be like, I'm not going to like this movie now, but yeah, I yeah. did feel it was dirty. It's very sneaky, like you say, because mm. that is now that it's going to be the official name of this movie by like next year. Everyone will forget mm. that it was marketed just as Dune and everyone will be okay with that. But yeah, it's, it is sneaky compared to anything else. I've never seen it on this scale before in terms mm. of a big, big movie be that um, non-transparent with its audience. Um, mm. And like I say, I'm sure if you really looked into it and like I say, I know for a fact that the director had said like, oh yeah, I can't get this full story into a movie, but they never said. And like I say, there wasn't a guarantee. Like mm. as of right now, this conversation obviously changes a little bit because they've dated part two comes out basically in two years from now. So October, 2023, um, which is great to like know that that's around the corner but like we didn't i didn't know that when i saw it at the weekend um but yeah as far as the movie i don't fucking know like (laughs) it's i would say it's a big beautiful mess um it's it's the best looking movie i've seen all year hands down Mm -hmm. um i think it's absolutely incredible to look at and i think that 
it will this will easily be nominated at the oscars for cinematography it's so yeah. unbelievably good looking and i also think the score is like it's worth it to go into the cinema and just have your eyes closed for three hours mm. um because it's phenomenal i mean hans zimmer is like one of the all-time greats but this score and the way he like makes these sounds with these weird instruments to make it sound like this off world is just incredible um i just didn't have a clue what was going on for the most part and i think the story is like insanely convoluted and that's kind of in line with what i've always heard about dune is that the people that love dune as a book is because of how like mental and convoluted it is and i i i am definitely going to watch the other film adaptation now um because i do want to see how on earth they were managing to cram this into like one you film just want, you just want that arrow goodness yeah yeah i probably will check it out now because i was i was more worried about spoilers going in but at this point i don't really care whereas um yeah it was i don't know how i feel about it i did like it but i don't think i could possibly recommend it because i didn't understand most of what was going on and i do feel like yeah you you're way better off just waiting two years because it's like it this is fully just half of a story there are so many characters like zendaya and and yeah. uh, stellan skarsgård's characters that are like barely in this film that were like featured heavily in the trailer that yes, you know right. are going to play a big part in this film or sorry in this saga that just aren't in it because ultimately this is a two character movie essentially it's timothy chalamet and rebecca ferguson they're like the two leads by far in this movie um and they're both fantastic obviously they're both amazing actors and everyone's great in it it's just there's like you know oscar isaac isn't in the movie that much and yeah you know batista is like barely in the movie like i guess as you'd expect but yeah it was i did like it because of how gorgeous it looked and sounded and the acting was incredible and some of the set pieces were awesome and i'll definitely i'll buy this in blue on blu-ray in 2023 prior to uh, prior to part two to watch it again but i'm almost happy to not think about this movie for at least 18 months to be honest yeah i need i need to read like uh i not the not the book but just like a a, a two-page kind of you know tell mm. me what dune is about i almost need like one of those idiots guide to dune as a youtube video because it was just like you're chucked into this world and I've never been in a movie. I've never been watching a movie where I have zero clue what the next scene is going to be. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what's coming from scene to scene. I don't know what character is going to do what, like it was just, I had no idea what was going on. I think I understood about 10% of what was going on, but I started, you know, pretty good time. I wouldn't say I had a great time. Um, I think the only thing that I wanted to touch upon, one of the things I, I really enjoyed was that Oscar Isaac's character with um, with our lead is that kind of um, you get so many father-son relationships in these movies where mm. the father-son relationship sucks and the dad's a dickhead and the yeah. son is trying to impress the dad. And the minute this movie started, I was like, oh, here we go. The dad is like this ruler that's ignoring his son and they're not going to have this great relationship. And it just kind of annoys me because I, I like to see good dads mm. in films. And actually, then, then like Oscar Isaac's character is actually a really good dad. And they have this great heart to heart scene where it just it really felt like a dad talking to his son about taking over. But but ultimately how he feels about being a dad. And I don't know, I just, I, I really resonated with that and I like that. And I found that to be quite unique for, for, for a father and son on screen relationship. Um, so I really want to tip my hat to them there because I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, but, but, and I, yeah, other than that, I, I, like I say, I think it, it was fun, but it was just very, very confusing. Mm. it's such an amalgamation of different things when a lot of these things are obviously way after the original dune so i'm sure mm. it inspired them but to me like watching this movie for the first time in 2021 it's kind of like obviously star wars is like a big inspiration with like all mm -hmm. the kind of inner planet travel but then it's also got more of the politics of something like star trek then mm. it's got a lot of game of thrones influence in terms of there's yeah. like specific houses and families that are ruling these different areas and there's like battle for control of these areas 
And then you have something like an avatar where it's like they're going to this planet to take this kind of source, um, this powerful source that this planet has. And, and kind of like, you know, that back and forth between the people on the planet and that relationship of taking something from them. So it is interesting. Like the more I think about it, I'm like, I can totally see why this is a book yeah. that is very popular. I can see why this would make a great sci-fi epic saga. Um, and yeah, I definitely, you know, 100% I'm going to be watching part two the second it comes out in the cinema um but yeah i just wish it was a less frustrating experience i guess but like i said i think mm. that's like considering what you said with lord of the rings and obviously i know we're a lot younger but that was a kind of similar thing and now that's like one of my all-time favorite movies mm. so maybe when i rewatch this i will definitely you know pick up the 4k in a couple of years maybe i'll just absolutely love it because because it's gorgeous my God. It yeah, there's really so much gorgeous. to love isn't there yeah i think that's the thing like it's it's really gorgeous and and i just yeah i think when uh you know when i do rewatch it i wonder if i you know knowing where the journey goes mm. and knowing a bit more about it i still want to just know a bit more about like was it the emperor or am i just taking a star wars reference there the, the overruling like power is like the, is like the bald guy well no just the 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 uh, they talk about kind of like oh the 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 emperor has said you're no longer in charge or the emperor has said we right. can take over this planet and i'm like i just didn't understand the hierarchy and the politics that mm. well they yeah just i don't kind of shove you in and kind of um um when when i um uh isaac's character is just kind of like um uh, you know agreeing to this and going along with it i'm like oh, okay so you've just kind of been this steward for ages and now you're just agreeing to being taken over and it just like those things i just didn't really get um along with most of the movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird it is a weird one i've never felt that way after a movie for a long time mm. where i'm like i really like this but my god is it you know frustrating and weird and i wish i understood it better and yeah but my god is it pretty like <laughs> yeah, very um yeah i i've not seen a movie like that for a long long time at the big screen um so yeah that is pretty much it for this week um something different uh, for you mm. a little bit of non-horror um but yeah we are back of course with big cinema horror original british cinema horror I mean, it's as, it's as yeah. good as it gets, man. Like, this is the one for me. I don't care about the rest of the year. You know, I'm, obviously, I'm excited for Resident Evil and some other stuff, but like, this is the that one. Friday, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm it's looking forward to it. Listen, we'll see great stuff. We've still got great TV as well to discuss, but like, this is the one. This is. I never thought, you know, as I keep saying, I never thought we'd get to cover an Edgar Wright horror movie for this show. It is truly a dream come true. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously that first trailer has been my favorite trailer I've seen all year. Um, and now is the final part and the most important part. I just hope this movie <laughs> delivers um, because I'll be honestly, I might not even turn up next week if I don't love this movie. <laughs> I'll be so heartbroken. Yeah, um, it could be it. Yeah, might be it. So yeah, if this is the last one, it's been a good run. Um, but yeah, are you excited for next week? Am I excited for next week? Hell yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for next week. Like, like you said, kind of never thought he'd return to the genre. Getting to see it, the cast looks great. The trailer looked great. You know, everything is is looking good. And and you just got to you know, let's just hope it delivers. Now I'm gonna be so giddy excited in the cinema you know yeah. I, I i i'm trying to think of like obviously we've had a lot of exciting things this year but i'm trying to think like since like um us like has there been something that i'm that like giddy excited to see and and i i don't know like um mm. you know because malignant crept under the radar like you know Candyman with the delays and quiet place with the delays and and we knew what we were getting from Quiet Place. So, yeah, this one is just one where I'm like, I've just got nothing but giddy excitement. Well, it's like what you said. It's one of those, even though we've seen a trailer, so we know the general idea of the movie, but it's a case of once the movie starts, you just don't know what no. it's going to look like, what time period, what characters there are, what sounds there are. Like, it's just everything's just going to be so overwhelmingly new to us, um, which is so goddamn exciting. I cannot wait for this one. Um but yeah, that was episode 271. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone.